Hey everyone, it's Jacob here. Welcome back to another episode of the Law of Code podcast. This is the show covering the legal side of crypto, NFTs, DAOs, and any other blockchain related innovation. Anything mentioned in this episode by Jacob Robinson or his guests is not legal advice or investment advice. All opinions are Jacob's and his guests alone. Nothing discussed today should be relied upon for legal or investment decisions. This show is solely for information and entertainment purposes only. Jacob and his guests are not your lawyers, nor are they investment advisors. Please work directly with a lawyer or investment professional. Today is April 7th, 2022, and this should be a great one. I, I spoke with Anne-Sophie Klutz, the writer behind the Crypto Law Newsletter, with five key things that you need to know as it pertains to the field of blockchain law. Without further ado, let's get into the top five developments of crypto law this week. First was an interesting case that came down in the UK. It was a court case that Craig Wright lost a UK court case that was brought against 16 devs that alleged the developers owed fiduciary duties to Greg Wright's company. So the question really becomes, do Bitcoin developers, and, and the question they posed was, do Bitcoin developers have fiduciary duties towards Bitcoin owners? The main claim boiled down to this. If you lose your Bitcoin or other crypto assets because the private keys stored on your computer get hacked, then the Bitcoin core developers have a legal obligation to develop a patch to fork the network to give you your coins back. Everyone listening can think of a million reasons why that's a bad idea, which the court agreed with. The court was not convinced that this assertion was viable. The judge made a few interesting points on fiduciary and other duties that developers may face. A few other interesting points from the judgment. The developers may still have some duties, if they, for example, insert a bug into the software for personal gain, the fact that a disclaimer in the Bitcoin core code is relevant to assessing a potential duty of care, but it wasn't clear to the judge that the disclaimer would reasonably be understood to mean the controllers of the Bitcoin network assume no responsibility for any aspect of its operation. A few other things the court acknowledged is that developers are a fluctuating body of individuals and it can't realistically be argued that they owe a continuing obligation to, for example, remain as developers. Second of all, there was the issue of jurisdiction, of course. The judge didn't really... The initial thoughts were that the company could bring the case in the UK where the company resides or where Craig Wright resides, even though the company was incorporated elsewhere. Second interesting piece of crypto law news this week, customers of crypto exchange Binance lost a lawsuit alleging the exchange violated securities laws. So this is good news for the anti-security gang. The plaintiffs had started buying tokens on Binance in 2017, which quickly thereafter lost much of their value. A Manhattan district judge rejected claims, which he said were brought too late. Most importantly, however, was the jurisdictional conclusion that U.S. federal securities law did not apply as Binance isn't a domestic U.S. exchange. So it's not exactly the dream decision we were hoping for, but 
the court said that plaintiffs must allege more than stating that plaintiffs had bought tokens well located in the U.S. and that title passed in whole or in part over servers located in California that host Binance's website. So I, for decentralized or exchanges operating outside the U.S., this case will definitely be a welcome result. Number three this week, the Securities and Exchange Commission stated that U.S. listed companies that hold crypto assets on behalf of customers should account for those assets as a liability on their balance sheet and disclose the related risk to investors. So this goes from away from common practice of listing them as assets on the balance sheet. The staff guidance also clarified how companies should apply accounting rules to digital assets. Crypto trading platforms should assume the liability of holding their customers' assets and report both the obligation and corresponding asset per Bloomberg. Per number four, we go across the border to the United Kingdom. The UK has been refining their next steps in their own crypto policy. This past Monday, the UK Treasury announced plans to recognize stablecoins as a valid payment tool. The move is part of a broad ambition to make the UK a crypto hub. Other parts of the plan include a financial market infrastructure sandbox, an FCA-led two-day multi-stakeholder workshop in May, a crypto asset engagement group to work more closely with industry, and even plans for a Royal Mint NFT drop this summer. One crypto source told Coindesk, quote, this registration process has frankly been a disaster, and as a result, very large and successful crypto businesses are leaving the UK and won't come back. That's a lot of tax revenue and something of a blow to London as a fintech hub, unquote. Of course, the FCA blamed poor compliance practices at some of the crypto applicant companies as the main problem in the AML registration process because it is never financial regulators' fault. And then finally, we go back to the EU where Patty Hansen, Patrick Hansen, has done an excellent job highlighting and really going through things for us as well as Punk 6529. And, and we'll get into a bit of what they said as well. So moving to the EU, crypto Twitter hasn't been thrilled with what's going on. A draft rule imposing Know Your Customer, the KYC, essentially user identification rules on a broad array of crypto transactions narrowly passed an EU parliamentary vote last week. There were two key questions they addressed here. First, should all crypto transfers, all crypto transfers, be subject to KYC and AML rules, regardless of size and regardless of whether they involve financial intermediaries? And number two, should we subject transfers from personal wallets, so self-hosted wallets that users hold, to stricter rules than those from crypto wallets hosted by financial intermediaries. So just as a quick recap, two questions. One, should all crypto transfers, regardless of size and regardless of any financial intermediaries, be subject to KYC and AML? And number two, should transfers from personal wallets require stricter rules than those hosted by financial intermediaries? And the answer was yes. Critics argue that this subjects crypto transfers to stricter rules than conventional transfers, obviously stricter rules than cash, and the EU is going beyond AML guidance issued by FATF. EU parliamentarian Stefan Berger 
tweeted he strongly regretted the vote, which he thinks will weaken the EU as a place of incorporation for innovation. It's really, you know, an important thing to remember is that it's not clear if the rule will survive the next negotiation stage. I personally believe things like this get, you know, the alarm bells get rung, and rightfully so, but I don't think there's any reason for panic given that it narrowly passed as was. Patrick Hansen did a did a great primer. He basically explained the EU went beyond what's required, as we mentioned, and they dropped the previous $1,000 or €1,000 threshold to require storing, collecting, and verifying data for every single Bitcoin transfer. It also went as far to require verification for unhosted wallets, which isn't even explicitly mentioned in the FATF guidance. Punk6529 said, quote, the EU already has structural disadvantages in startups, smaller fragmented national markets without a common language, less flexible labor markets. And now they're going to add on, here are a bunch of rules that your competitors across the Atlantic don't have. Uh, per Punk6529, good luck to you, EU. A few other quick notes, tougher restrictions for Australian Finfluencers. The Australian markets regulator ASIC published guidance for financial influencers, warning them the financial advice they offer to followers may make them financial service providers subject to registration obligations. So for all you TikTokers listening, smarten up. The Bank of Japan called on the G7 to adopt common crypto legal a common crypto legal rulebook. The National Bank of Georgia plans to adopt crypto rules following FATF guidance. Another bill targeting El Salvador's adoption of Bitcoin as legal tender was submitted to U.S. Congress, this time in the House of Representatives. U.S. SEC Chair Gary Gensler wants his team to cooperate with the CFTC to register and regulate platforms where the trading of securities and non-securities is intertwined. And, of course, the U.S. SEC denied another spot Bitcoin ETF, this time from Kathy Woods, Ark Invest. 